Hello, everybody. Hello, Rock City. Welcome to another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, along with Colin Doyle, and uh, we are back here to chat about a big Toronto Rock win. 15-13 over the Rochester Nighthawks on Saturday night in front of what was the biggest crowd of the season so far for the Toronto Rock, over 12,000. And uh, it was a good night. Good night with the result. We'll talk about the road traveled to get to the result, I think. And uh, lots more here on this episode. But Colin, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Long weekend. No doubt after the long March break camp, I was. I'm feeling every bit of 41 years old today. <laughs> now, last week when we briefly chatted about the March break camp, you said that you were loving it, but it was getting on you a little bit. But Well, sure, it'll wear you down. It was fantastic. I yeah. think it was our best week yet. Really? Uh, yeah. Nice. Incredible coaches, incredible group of kids. We had a ton of fun, and everybody went home tired and Tired and happy at the end of the day. and That's good. Uh, rolled right into, and I saw many of them at the game Saturday night, which was cool. Uh, many of them wearing the Rock shirts, and just good to see the connection made to all these, uh, you know, obviously our great coaches are obviously the great players that play for the team, and it's nice to see them building that connection with the players. I always I love that, and it was especially cool to see Challen get the game going um, the way he did. Uh, and I know a lot of the a lot of the kids are pretty excited to see that. And it was an exciting game, and it was exciting to have a great vibe back in the building. I uh, I sat way up top because we had so many of us, so we had a bunch of us there. So we decided to go up there, and it was really cool to see the bu- the building buzzing. Really was cool. So just a good Saturday night. Yeah, I was getting a lot of text messages from many people during the game on Saturday night. Yeah, that was me. I had. <laughs> you forgotten. know, I'm legitimately saying for many people during the game, we're like throwing in like the, I had some other rock alumni who will go unnamed that were asking if they could perhaps get a guest appearance at some point in the hmm. in the announce booth to uh, possibly throw in a Rosie here and there themselves. Um, hmm. We I had. Know. I was bugging you. No, it wasn't bugging. That's the thing. Like it, it's good. Like I had somebody else, uh, another. Uh, friend we'll call him former colleague here was messaging me and they were watching the br live broadcast and were thoroughly impressed with tim large's hair because they had they weren't around they haven't been around the team this year so it was a look back oh wow large he's growing it out a little it's good he is he's doing something with that and i you know what of all the things that we talk about, I think I still have a lot of people coming up to me and saying what is what is going on with largey's hair so (laughs) it is a hot button topic with the rock this year Let's hope it continues that way. Yeah, like I, I, I would love to have that opportunity that Largy has with his hair, but um, yeah, it'd be nice to get him on the show. Maybe have him <laughs> maybe break out with exactly <laughs> where he's going with this. I just think it would be a good idea. Uh, if we're gonna have him, then we got to have Davey and talk about. It. I mean, if we're gonna do a hairdo session with the managers and trainers <laughs> on this team, I mean, we would have some fun. But yes, uh, I just full disclosure. I was texting Mike to let him know that I forgot to put my wife's birthday on the Jumbotron <laughs> and I was trying to get him to do something for me. Again, we half did it. I half, you, you, you got There was, the, you guys yeah. were on, the, but I know Stacy was kind of at the edge of the shot, so I was about to say something and then the shot moved and I was like, no, no one's going to know what I'm talking no. about here. I'm glad you didn't, <laughs> but my wife was not happy with me. Uh, 
you know, I never. Well, I cut. didn't see you up there though when the camera. I was were standing, you further? Okay, standing yeah. in the aisle. By that point, yeah. I was getting pretty anxious. I thought I thought maybe we we were going to give this game away. So, the other people I was standing with, we were doing our our best take on breaking down the game and what's what's going right and wrong. So I feel like I did the podcast Saturday night during well, you the did, game. All right. <laughs> it probably sounded a little different, but. We'll see what That's we can good. recall and put it into good measure here. All right, so diving into the game here, what uh, what jumps off the page at you first here from this game on Saturday night? Because it was, you know, in my opinion, watching it, and Matt Sawyer said this in his post game comments that it was not a masterpiece. No, and no. it was a game that the team needed to win, so they won it. It was good to snap the two-game losing streak, get another win at home, the big crowd. There were a lot of positives Agreed. about this game, but there were also eight, the defense chipping in in a big way. Eight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, and Challen doing what he did, Billy, Billy Haas. There was a lot of, there were a lot of positives in this game, but like I said, I think the path traveled to get to the win at the end is, is probably the slightly... Yeah. Not necessarily, concerning is not the right word. It, it, but just, concerning like, is a good word. Maybe uh, just troubling on that night i think within this just to focus on it i mean maybe maybe you think there are bigger issues in play here maybe but i i just i will continue maybe the optimism here in the rose colored glasses perhaps that this is still a little bit of a blip and perhaps also a sign of a good team that they're able to pull games out still when they don't really play that well and then we saw the night before rochester gave georgia a run right to the buzzer too and you know, but on paper again, maybe when you look at this thing, it's like this is this how is, is a, this happening, right? Because there's a team with so many new faces in the lineup that have never even probably practiced together, other than the actual game they played the night before. There were so many new faces, and anyways, go go ahead, I'll let you. Oh, I'm, am I going to get a chance? Yeah, you're going. Yeah, you sure? <laughs> I'm positive. Let her rip. I'm uh, I I will keep the rose-colored glasses on. They won a game, and they they have some injuries that they're trying to get through. And yep. Um, but I I think where there's concern is the fact that we obviously can't go six and eleven because we got ran into the yes. ground. Yes. And uh, let me step back. Okay. Rosie was not good. Okay. That was a that was a poor performance by him. Uh, if you get average below average goaltending, that's troublesome. I don't think that's been the case all year. Obviously, anybody listening to this podcast knows that's the case. So he had a bad night, no questions about it. He was not sharp. We got transitioned so bad, and it it, it was breakaway after two on one. And I if I think about things, I start to go back and look. If you look at the end of the New England game, the Calgary game, and this game, we've been. Somebody asked me, "How is how good's our defense been?" And I, I couldn't answer it because I, I, we haven't seen them play. They seem to be chasing and yeah. chasing and chasing, and all the positives we're getting from our defense. The the goals out of the back end is a is tremendous, but I feel like I haven't seen them settle in and play five on five defense after shift after shift after shift, and I think that's concerning. Um, we really got – we gave up goals on face-offs. We gave up transition. We, we just – we were chasing them all night long. And they were a team that offensively, they're challenged a little bit. And their foot speed isn't great. And if we're, if we're back there five on five, like I said earlier in the year, I think we can dictate anybody. 
And I just feel like the last three games, the, the thing that I pull from it that's concerning is not the results, the way the games are just getting into unsettled situations against us. And I don't think that serves us well because I think our strength of our defense is the way we can run and the way we can defend. And I, it was very, very, very concerning because this is not a team notorious for running the ball. I mean, at their in their heyday, they weren't notorious for running the ball. And, man, this game, it was one after the next after the next. And I don't know if it's a byproduct of having six guys up front, but, man, it really cost us. And it almost cost us the game. And, you know, they won, and you have to take that away. But it really, from my perspective, just wasn't – wasn't the way we play and hasn't been the way we play the last few okay so i'll dial it back to your first comment about rosie fair statement to say he still made the saves when we needed to last two minutes and at, at different points in the game where i think he put himself maybe in a situation where he needed to make a big save it was almost like self inflicted big save moment because we would get these three goal leads and then they'd be gone and he, they would score <laughs> but then two he would right shut back. It down. You're right. And, and then we would score. And then, we like, you know, a couple, one or two bad ones might go in. But then he made that save again. And But, you know, I would be un, unjust in, in critiquing his effort. He wasn't great. And, yes, he did put himself into those positions. But you, you you're lose, playing with fire. That's right. And use right. the last two minutes as a, as a blueprint. Because ultimately, when it came down to it, he did make, I think, a two-on-one, a breakaway, and a five-on-five save. Yeah to literally preserve a one-goal game. Uh, so, you know, however that ended up being, whether it was whatever you want to blame for getting into that situation, we were right there in, in a game that we may have lost. So good that they won it, no doubt about it. Take the positives. The The transition out of our D end was fantastic. But I don't like the trend of us chasing teams. I really don't because if we're going to get in and start chasing Buffalo, we're going to get run right out of the building. And if we can't defend them, if we can't get our five guys out there to defend them, we're in trouble. I do believe that same with Georgia. So this weekend's going to tell us a lot about what this past weekend meant. And we'll keep saying that every, yep. every game, but I, I mean, I just watching it, uh, man, it wasn't, it just wasn't pretty. Uh, I, I thought Thornburg did a pretty good job on that kid on uh, that usually never loses won someone we had to. Yeah. Um, so he fought pretty hard in the circle. And like I said, our transition of our end was, was really good. Uh, I thought challenge game was fantastic just to get us going the way he did. And, but I just – it's concerning. It is concerning because I felt like Calgary did the exact same thing to us. Some other positives I want to talk about. Okay. Scott Dominey. Yes. What a moment. First game, first goal. Yeah, I mean – and his celebration after was awesome. It's gotten great traction on social me social media with us, a lot of people engaging with uh, some of the stuff we put out. It really resonated with the fans, and I think for, you know, with where this team has been over the last couple of years, missing the playoffs last year and going through some injury stuff and whatnot, it was – I really – that was – in that little capsule or whatever, that was one of the best moments for this team, I think, in the last couple of years. As, as weird as that may sound with just a goal, but just – the reaction and the pure enthusiasm just to experience that from the fan side that was one of the better moments i think in the last couple of years for this team okay. it, it might sound wild and i know yeah, you're looking wild, at yeah. me like i'm nuts <laughs> i thought it was a great goal and i was really happy it was, for the but kid, it was but, just you know one of the best moments it was in the awesome. past few years hey eh? i it, don't know it well you go from you've missed the play like you've had some other nice goals i'm saying just for like a pure 
moment for a fan. Even in the post-game auction, I've said this to some people here today, like when he came up on the stage, no one else really got much of a an applause. Like there was a few people, you know, it's like a little smattering of like, you're really not there to like cheer for the guys as they come up to get their jersey auction off. Scott Dominey, I think everyone on the floor, a true like applause for the kid. Like it was, fans loved it. I wonder if it was his buddy sitting in front of us. A rambunctious bunch. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Very thrilled when he scored. I'll have to. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. Yeah, it was great. It was great to see the authenticity of his excitement, yeah. for sure. Um, there were a ton of positives, and he, he being one of them, for sure. Yeah. Uh, our transition is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, offensively, did you like what you saw? Like, I, I, I didn't. I no, just, it, it's a weird uh, – with Jonesy not in the lineup, it, it, I think, has changed some things. And with Tom and Rob kind of struggling a little bit right now. The points are going up on the board at the end of the night, but I don't think any of them are very happy with, again, I think we kind of keep talking about the path towards things, right? Like even with Rosie, you talk about he makes the big saves when he needed to, but he kind of put himself in that position. And even with Tom, you know, he ends up with six points at the end of the night, but I'm sure he's not super pumped with his body of work there either, right? And you know, Robbie, I think, was only one goal. Tommy, one goal. And it was – but I, I thought maybe there was starting to be a little bit of frustration starting to be shown, too, on the offensive side, a little bit of that. And, and maybe that goes towards even giving up some of that transition where the guys aren't working as hard to get off the floor and as quickly as maybe they should be because some of the frustration. And even, like you're saying, the one or two seconds, one or two steps, it's giving them – Quite well, an advantage off the bench the other way. I think where the frustration might start, and if I'll have to go back and watch it, but I think I, I felt like I was saying to whoever I was sitting with, uh, the last five minutes of the game with a lead, we're, we're still giving up transition after transition. And I, yeah. I was beside myself because that is just not something that you can do with a lead, you, you know, when whether the game's going for you or not. When you've got a lead, you've got to kind of look out for it. And I just felt like there was just no regard at all for what was at stake and what where the game was at. It just, you know, we just we gave up two on ones and breakaways. Like the last five minutes, we must have given up three or four of them. And yeah, and I think there was even a play. What might have been one of our maybe our second last possession. It might have been. I feel like we we'd started to do a good job where it was clear we were just running the thirty, right? Yeah. Playing for a shot, I think. It, and then we took a wild shot. At the end, and I think it created a transition opportunity and, and for them Nick again. And Nick had to make a big save on Yeah, and, but, like, I think it's it, – yeah, like you said, they didn't really – there wasn't – maybe what you're trying to say is they didn't do a great job of trying to tuck that one away when they had no. the opportunity to, right? And, and I think the, the frustration – just play a bit of a safer – Right, the frustration is going to build yeah. at some point from the D guy saying, okay, we cannot keep chasing these guys all night long you got to let us get out there and play the game. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's proving, if anything, these last few games have proved that to us. We're a team that can run. We're athletic, kind of going one way. But we really have to be cautious and calculated getting back off the floor. I just don't think we're a team. Rosie's strengths, I don't think, are breakaways either. I think, you know, he can soak up the shots and we've got a good D group out there. I just – everything, the way we're built, I think, and it's no secret to – to anybody coaching this team they probably saw the exact same thing I did I just I would say it's concerning because when that New England game got away from us too it was the same thing it was unsettled 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 and I don't think we score anymore in those situations but I think we give up a lot more so 
You know, I don't know what what you so can again, contribute then, to. Yeah. So then, here's the question: Then how do you how do you fix it, or why is it happening? You fix it when your offense scores twelve a night because three quarter or a quarter of the time it's to a face off. It, it, yeah. it sounds silly, but you know, I think offensively, you know, when we're only scoring seven goals a night, you know, there's a big difference between that and your, you know, when you're going five on five yeah. or power play goals get to 10 12 a night it's a big difference because it the balls in the nets face off but and, and i get the sense that they're frustrated they're probably forcing things and the last thing on the like I, i've been there i know what it's like because you're trying to say let's get going let's take some risks let's get our offensive guys going but at the same time you also got to tell them get going but it can't cost us and that's a really tricky thing for an offensive player to deal with and when they're rolling they're not thinking about that at all they're just not because they're either scoring. And I can remember this vividly early in the year. I felt like they were repossession after repossession after because the other team was on their heels. Yeah. And I just can remember, like, Robbie getting into the corner, grabbing a ball. We'd spin it for 30 seconds, get another reset and another. And it's just like the sense that I get watching it was when we're rolling like that, the D's on the heels and back in. And it just felt like the last few games, like, we're not as confident. We're taking – more chances that aren't as great and I think with those with the confidence down the ball misses the net somebody misses an assignment they're gone and I just think everything that could go wrong is going wrong but I, somehow or another you got to dig out of this so the focus has to be on I think let's get the game back the way we want it and we'll figure out a way to win it that way because in the long term that'll be better for us because you get Jonesy back you get Burns back you can settle in a bit more but I think they should start to see here what works for them and what doesn't so speaking of that, another comment you kind of made off the top was about the six and eleven split. So, and that leading to maybe not specifically necessarily, but getting run on and and whatnot going with that set. So again, I guess maybe explain to people maybe a little bit more about that and just talk about you know is that a physical or a mental fatigue thing that you're seeing both the comment I think, like yeah good and question is it only later in games like is that what is the I, th- I think what you see is. I could be way off, and the players might tell me that I'm nuts for saying this, but I think you get both. You get the fatigue physically, you get the fatigue mentally. Fatigue mentally is far worse off because you start making mental mistakes. They always seem to nip you in the butt. But what I can say is that you just don't have the jump you've always got, and then your possessions become a little bit more predictable, and there isn't the one player there that's got, okay, I got the jump my step, I'm going to attack, and you just find the offensive sets, there's less attack and more just – uh, you know perimeter ball movement because everybody's tired um and i feel with that extra body in there it probably gives everybody a little bit more rest a little bit more jump and i think i could be way off but i think it cost us in this game because I, you know whether they were tired or not i don't know i can't speak to that but there was a lot of mistakes made offensively that you can attribute to that if you want to i didn't love it but you know on the back end of that we had 11 in out of the back door and they seemed fresh all night and yeah. we got eight goals so it's tricky, and I'm sure they're going to have to figure out what it is they look like until they get those guys back, and then they got to figure out, you know, get back what they had before. I just yeah. think the offense is in a funk. Um, you know, we didn't get a ton of power play chances, so we, you can't get your rhythm back that way. Sometimes it's easy. You get seven power play looks, you score yeah. five. The confidence comes back easy. I think we only had two or three, and uh, it was just – it's just been a bit of a grind for the offense. If you look back, fourth quarter – New England and then Calgary in this one. I don't think we've been at our best. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with Adam being out of the lineup, you know. But, uh, 
they'll keep tweaking this to find out what what works best until they can get them back and and man they've got a tough task this weekend because i was gonna say how did you personally manage some of that back when you know we're only a few years i guess really removed from being having 16 runners and a lot of times this team i know back then was talked about when we were a six and ten group instead of seven and nine it was six and ten seemed to be better because you're getting your best guys out there more often up front so I, I think is the, some of that also attributed to just a lack of success with six guys this past particular game? Maybe, but I think the game moved slower then, and that could be way off. But it's just like I mean, everybody's just the offense seems to gen, everybody's moving more and quicker and more often. It's just that the offensive players seem to get tired quicker. Like I would play shifts where I would barely move, yeah, and that's not you know saying one way or another. But to me, it's like I, I could literally get rest out there. And I, I just think the speed of the game now and everything else and the speed of the defenders you're playing against, like there is no room for error because they're gone up the floor so quickly and they can finish. The game was a little different, but you're right. Towards the end of my career, when we went with six, we made it work. So it, it can obviously work. I just think, yeah, I don't know, it's tough to do. And you, yeah. you, know, you have to have the right six guys and they all have to be ready to take on that. But like I said, we were able to do it. We all had our roles. We kind of... We always had such a gelled group, and this group had it, and they're going to get it back. I just think with Adam being out, I think is a significant blow that they're just trying to work their way through in live action. They haven't got three weeks to prepare for it. It's, you know, this is what it looks like this week. we got to get a win. So it, it certainly hurts not having him in there, and it sounds to me like, you know, maybe a week, maybe two, maybe three. But, you know, they, they're right back into the fold if they don't get one this weekend. Yeah. So on that note, we'll take a short uh, pause here and then uh, give you a little musical interlude or two here, and then we'll uh, we'll be back to kind of break down what's going to happen this weekend in what is probably the biggest weekend of the year. All right, stay with us. More Toronto Rock Total Access to come in just a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle here to uh, bring you home on this episode. Uh, big, 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 big weekend coming up here for the Toronto Rock. Two games on the road, a back-to-back for, yes, the first time this year. And both on the road, uh, both with some travel, obviously. A flight down to Georgia Thursday night, game Friday night in Georgia. Flight back to Buffalo Saturday morning, game Saturday night in Buffalo. So, these are uh, playing right, playing two very good teams. Two, yeah. <laughs> what I was about to say with the two top teams right now, kind of. I mean, depending on how you want to slice it, I guess. With the number, with the discrepancy in games played and whatnot, uh, it's a little bit uh, all jumbled up. But Buffalo and Georgia have the most wins in the East. We'll say. So there's two teams that uh, you know have obviously got it done. Georgia only a couple of years now removed from a championship, and uh, Buffalo seems to have caught quite a heater here early on in the season and uh, shooting the lights out offensively. Even though the Rock did beat them in Buffalo to kick off the season, uh, I don't believe Dane Smith played that game. But um, you know, and there's been some other changes. Gluche's come into the mix as well, and uh, Josh Byrne uh, back healthy again. And, and where where is this Fraser from? It was BC kid. From, any idea what town? He's he's been doing some pretty good things. Yeah, I'd have to. I, look I mean, it up. just grinding, ton of draws, like just scoring big goals. And this again, this isn't following them full out, but everywhere you look, his name seems to be everywhere. 
they're going to be they're going to be a load. As is Georgia Friday night. Georgia knows what's at stake. The season series on the line Friday night. So I don't expect anything to come easy this weekend. We're going to see what we're going to see we're going to have our medal tested this weekend. I'm really looking forward to I am actually going to consciously try to watch both games. I can't wait. It's going to make for a great weekend. Yeah, you say Chase Fraser. Geez, there's a surprise stat popping up in uh, just looking at things. He's got 25 goals. 25 goals. 14 games, 25 goals. I feel like that's a bit under the radar. That's a good, uh, good find there, Doily. That's he's no joke. He scores goals. He seems to score big ones. I mean, he's shooting it at a 229 clip or a 229, like and 107 over 223 on the draws. Like, you know, he's he's putting the work in here. But look at that. Dane Smith, Evans, Small, Hogarth, Durston, Cluche, Frazier. Now Byrne potentially back. Yeah, I guess Byrne was uh, placed back on the active roster but didn't play. Yeah, they're going to have an offensive juggernaut. They really are. They're gonna t- that's a team we're going to have to play five-on-five five with. They can run the ball. Uh, it, it will be a true test, I think, of two great teams. It should, be, should make for an excellent game. In Buffalo, so tough in Buffalo all the time. But if they can grab that one, they got the season series with the Bandits. If they're able to get the one Friday, they'll have the season series with them. So, you know, a lot of positives could come out of this weekend. And like I said, the old adage, I think you've really focused on that first one. You go grab that first one, you get the season series with Georgia. And, you know, you got another one with Buffalo down the line. Uh, It's obviously going to be at home. So you have another shot at winning that series. I think you really got to get that first one. And I'm sure that's where the focus will be starting Tuesday night of practice. Yeah, and I think I know your uh, your philosophy there on getting that that first one in a back to back. You're kind of playing with house money a little bit going on the road, but I also think just sending to Georgia, sending Georgia to five losses, is big. And the season, I mean, then there's the other trickle down there of getting the season series and whatnot too. But that's the thing. Yeah, that Georgia game. I think sending them to five losses and then also grabbing the season series it's almost like you're up by yet another game on them so i think like you said the that friday night game i think is the one that uh you kind of got to get if you're going to get two or if you had to pick or however you want to phrase it but i think that friday night game i gotta agree with you there is that uh, that's the that is the big juicy one there on the schedule but and uh, georgia if you're looking at it here i mean not to look ahead but they've got us this weekend then they've only got three games left and it's san diego calgary philly I mean, they've got a nice schedule set up. So if they're able to take this series, they really, again, if you're making storylines, it, it would appear that they've got the easier of the schedule between them and the Rock and the season series. It's just not not where you want to be. So, you know, really, really need to focus on going in there and getting that win. And and they're, they're going to be, you know, they're quite capable of doing it. So I'm, man, and two, like Georgia's a tough place to get to. Traveling sucks. And then you got to turn around and head out first thing to Buffalo. So daunting weekend. We're going to see what they're made of this weekend, and uh, hopefully, hopefully they they show us well. Well, even when you talk scheduling wise, too. I mean, Georgia's got their back to backs are already out of the way too. They've had they had a couple of them earlier on in the season, and then even when you look at here going down kind of the home stretch into the playoffs, they've got uh, you know the game against the Rock here this Friday night, but then they've got a bye week, and then. They do play three weeks in a row, no back-to-backs, and then they've got a bye week going into the playoffs. So there's another thing. So there's no playoff bye anymore. Uh, But thoughts on – this is slightly off topic, but just because we are kind of talking about scheduling. That bye week going into the playoffs. Just love it or hate it. 
Well, just like everything else we talk about. <laughs> I loved win, it if we won the game. Yeah. And if you didn't, well, then you, you, it wasn't good for you. I don't know. I don't put too much stock into it. They know mo- their players are all over. Georgia, for example, their players are everywhere. They probably don't even get together for an extra practice because it's just probably physically tough to do. They might get one extra practice in. I don't know. I don't think it matters one way or the other. Um, we've both seen teams have success on both ends of that. So I, yeah. I, I find it to be irrelevant unless you're nursing an injury to a key player that you can get back. Other than that, I say I put no stock into it. Yeah. We're not playing every day. Yeah, this and is the a way weekly this, thing. And the way the schedule is set up there, I think it is favorable, favorable for Georgia at this point in the season just because it's the long grind. And I think to, to be able to have a little bit of an extra breather here down the, down the stretch is not a bad thing. But – Again, I'll go back to scheduling here because we're talking about it. So back-to-back games in this league. I mean, it's something that uh, players go through all the time in junior. Back-to-back games, multiple games. Your body changes the game's more demanding at the pro level, etc. You get into the summer, major series or double WLA. You're <clears throat> you're playing multiple games in a week. You're playing back-to-back. But when we come to the NLL, is it something that your body kind of falls at a rhythm with potentially and or back-to-backs not even again is it a non-factor here that there's a back-to-back I think we make a lot of back-to-backs we make a lot of it but ultimately they really you've done it your whole life I I, other than the travel like you know when you're in the NLL you've got to get on a flight you've got to get to the airport anything can go wrong the flight can be delayed you're you know your stuff is soaking wet because you didn't get a chance to air it out like in the summer you play you get it out all day it's dry for you the next day like sometimes you show up at the arena right off the plane and you know it, it's a small thing but your, your gear is soaking wet it's i hated that yeah. so the little things that that come with travel but once the ball drops and the game started it, there's really nothing to it you know i don't put much stock into it but the travel can be tough especially depending on what city you're in like you could go do buff rochester pretty easily you know there's not a lot of variables there but th- this one here is tricky you know georgia's not a huge airport um you know so a lot of things could really deter your preparation but once you get there and you're doing your pregame warm-up i i just think all that other stuff goes away and it's, it's just another game so like you said a man cup or a msl playoff you know you're <laughs> you know the man cup you're seven games and nine nights there's a lot of other grueling out there but the game itself slows down in those circumstances. Like you don't get the same. I love the lacrosse better, but it's not as fast, you know, yeah. when you're doing it that often. So there are some things that can change, but yeah, I, I, we make more of it than we should, but this one isn't particularly easy. They, they, you know, they've got a built in excuse if they want it. I just hope they don't use it. Well, I think something that I've kind of found with, uh, and I've, I think I've talked to Nick about this a little bit, maybe even on the podcast, but I always find when, when, when Rosie's playing more games and he's busier and all that kind of stuff, I think he gets better once he slides into that groove. And I think maybe, you know, that's been my philosophy before this season. And because I saw it this summer at the Oakville rock, when as the playoffs were going on, like Rosie was amazing. You know, the more games he played, the, the better he was getting. They were playing multiple times a week. I thought he kept getting better and better as the playoffs go on. And now we're in a stretch where we have had some bye week game, bye week game. And maybe that's kind of contributed to some things. A little bit less game action for him and, and maybe isn't quite, you know, as dialed in. But now I think we're going through a stretch. 
the busiest stretch of the schedule here that we're in right now. And maybe now this weekend, back-to-back games, I'm sure he's going to start both of them. Um, maybe we're going to see some of the best lacrosse this season out of Rosie. Well, we'll put that theory to the test yeah. here because we do play a lot of lacrosse. We are a few games behind everybody. So we've – the Rock have a tough a tough schedule down the stretch here. But And I'm, I'm like you said, I, I'm sure he'll be playing all the games. And, uh, you know, I, I bring this back to alluding to when people get frustrated with how much stock I put into how good Ro- – how well Rosie's played. Just look what happens when he doesn't play well. You know, it's a real big difference. And, you know – the eye test with him may not always be the test you want to go with. And I just think he'd been so consistently good for us that, you know, it gave us the ability to really roll off a bunch of wins here. And it's never him that wins the game for us. But he makes timely saves at the end of games, one-goal games, and he's consistent. So this was a good measure of what happens when he's really not seeing it. And they're going to need him. If, if the Rock are going to win it, they're going to need him. And Like I said all along, he's got to be their MVP. It's just that simple. So... It was an off night. Hopefully he can move past it. I heard it from one of the fellows I was sitting with. Pretty frustrated that I give Rosie so much love. So, Barrett, you know, this is my shout-out to you. I said <laughs> I'd say it, but he wasn't great. I agree with you, but he's going to be back this weekend. And if we get two wins, we'll be talking about Rosie. I promise you that. Anything else you want to touch on around the league? Well, we'll hopefully get some news this week on what's going on with Crawford's hit on Cree. Uh, hearing different things, obviously. I don't really meddle in that, but... Um, he got the one game was upheld. They didn't have him this weekend. I didn't see the game, but they weren't very good, obviously. They got beat. So I get the sense that maybe they won't throw the five games at him. That's kind of what people are saying. So we'll have that to talk about, I guess, when we know for sure. So that'll be interesting. I, I, I have my opinion on that, but we'll just wait and see what what's, yeah. what the final result is. Um, but other than that, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the lacrosse games this weekend. I was uh, – Big win for Buffalo, beating Saskatchewan out there. I didn't see it, but obviously a big win for them. And we San Diego keeps rolling. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. The next three weeks are going to make make a lot of things up for us. I really have no idea who the best team in the league is right now. I, I think Buffalo-Toronto will be a good one on Saturday. I hope it is. Yeah, I mean, there are some, uh, some big sc- – Big games on the schedule this week. Not only the the Rock, but uh, Saskatchewan and San Diego play Friday night in San Diego. So that's going to be another one where if San Diego gets that one, you got to think they got a real legit chance to to finish in first. I, I agree. I it's just it, you know they're they're for real if they can win that one. If not, you go back to okay. They're not there with the big dogs yet, but they're hanging around. And it, it, very interesting game. Like Colorado went and won this weekend. You know. They beat a team that crushed us. Like Again, this is the NLL for you. It always has been. Uh, So much can happen so quickly here. So this is a big weekend for the Rock, and I think they've got to – you know, the results will be what they are, but they've got to show – they've got to show up. They've got to show up and play hard and make it tough on these two teams. I think that's what I'm looking for. And I think, you know what, when we get down to it, Doily, just to wrap up here, I think we should all just be thankful we're in this mix right now, at 8-3 and 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 right where we are, right in the thick of it, and still – playing some meaningful games at this time of year and uh, hopefully we'll have lots more to be thankful Mike, here. Mike, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm okay. not thankful for that at all. <laughs> That's exactly where we should be. Well, I know, but can you be thankful that we are where we are, like just in general? I'm not saying like you're content or satisfied. That's the impression you're giving. I'm just saying you're thankful. You're th- We're 8-3. and three. It's good. I mean, you go back last year at this time. 
Why don't you go down to the room tomorrow night before we were, practice? Bring everybody in guys and say, thankful. "Hey guys," <laughs> and I don't mean just content. Be <laughs> like, let's be thankful we're in this situation. Let's be positive about it, and let's bring that into the rink on Friday night. They don't have a group that's going to get down and beat each other up. They're, they will be positive. Okay. I, I do believe that. I just think the way they're built, they're they're a happy-go-lucky bunch. Okay. You know, I don't expect them to roll over on each other, but you know, I'm sure the coaching staff will say the things that need to be said. As you know. As much as we're happy to be here, we've got to adjust here. There's a there's adjustments that need to be made if we if we want to get yeah. to where we're going. And I, they'll do it. I think they'll do it. And whether they can win these games without those guys are is yet to be seen. But you know they're they're going to have to find a way to get one of these this weekend. So thankful and appreciative of the opportunity that lays ahead of them. I'm gonna. There's another T-shirt. I'm gonna put <laughs> rock logo on the front and just say thankful. <laughs> what was the other? You had another one. Well, it was challenge. It was something challenge. Challenge had a saying. Say? I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, it, it was. Be the best me I can be. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm two shirts behind. You can have whole Rude Boys is back. Oh, yeah. Shirts. Hear that, Sandman? Here we go. Rude Boys is back, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's this is when NLL lacrosse is the best. Yeah. Now, nobody's ever out of it, and, you know, you get to see how this thing plays out. I really can't wait. Um, I wish the games were on TV. I know this is a conversation for another day. Have we ever talked about this? We talk about this off air a lot. I just, you know, I'd like nothing more to settle in and watch it on TV this weekend. But I will. We'll save that for another day. Chime in if you agree with me. Well, nobody's here. Who's going to disagree on that? Well, enough people aren't chiming in here because it's still not on TV. So, yes, that is an excellent point right there. Is that and we will say this, that some of that energy about wanting the game on TV should be channeled towards the broadcast networks. I agree. Storyline. Rocket on a run here. Maybe we'll get some exposure. And we'll build this thing back up. It was great to see 12,500 people there. Buzz was great. We're good at home. Sounds like the next few games are going to be well attended as well. Yep. So... Just keep building this thing, and we have a rock team we should all be proud of and thankful for, according to Mike. I'm Boom. out. Boom. All right. That will wrap up this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. Don't forget, rock around the road, obviously, these next uh, two games here, both this weekend, but then March 30th, Saturday night. Get your tickets now because the lower bowl is almost sold out yet again, which is great news uh, for everybody around here for those fans who are waiting and sitting on their hands and maybe thinking that we get a nice juicy lower bowl seat uh, just a couple of days away from the game uh, that's not going to be the case folks you're gonna you might be out of luck here if you don't get it in the next uh, couple days but uh, great upper bowl seats are available and Mr. Doyle sat in the upper bowl this past weekend and loved it loved it loved it the game looks very easy from up there that's the one yes. thing I did. Like, it looks like, oh, well, that, why didn't he just do that? I can see why people get that sense sitting up there. I was like, oh, man, the game moves slower. You can see it you all. You see all the spacing. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah. No, the seats were great. I, enjoy, I quite enjoyed it. All right. Well, I'll be there. I'll be there on the 30th. I'm going to lock this thing in and be a huge fan down the stretch. All right. So Saturday, March 30th, Philadelphia Wings in town. Uh, the Rock already have the season series against them, but uh, it will be another big East Division matchup to – Hopefully stay near the top of the standings, if not at the top, depending on the results of this weekend. So in the meantime, in between time for Colin Doyle, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week. <laughs>